make every night legendary. Guys, we've had some pretty legendary nights, but we've also had some nights that weren't so legendary. The non-legendary nights are done. Tonight is gonna be legendary. Welcome back to another episode of the legendary Stay Ops Podcast. Once again, you are Chris, and I'm here with Jordan. What's going on, brother? We are back again another week. Jordan has also found out that he hasn't been able to see for the last 10 years, and his shooting, too, will improve to monumental heights. Well, I, I, I certainly hope so. If it's anything close to what Steph Curry has been doing, I will take it, brother. That That's insane. You didn't see that well for 10 years, and you shoot like that? Oh, yeah, give me some of that. For 10 years, Steph has been shooting at the rim in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, one, two, three. All right, I'll just pick the second one. Yep, that, that, that's that's where it is. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Somebody uh, made clear to me that it could actually hurt his shooting. Because if a person's kind of like visually impaired, they've gotten used to compensating for that. So if he can see now, it's going to feel weird. Yeah, because you won't have like you you won't have that same focus. Like if you know, okay, I'm shooting in the middle basket. <laughs> all your all your focus is going to be on that. Now you you only have one just one target. <laughs> you know, of course, I don't know exactly how bad his eyesight was. Like we don't know exactly if it was like that, but let's just assume it was. You know, maybe him getting his eyes fixed isn't the best idea. Wow, that's interesting, though. It's interesting that the greatest shooter we've ever seen hasn't been able to see. Yeah. Yeah. Look out, world. Just in time for Kevin Durant to leave. (laughs) In other NBA news and notes, Russell Westbrook has had quite the week. He went from getting his, uh, his own version of the Crenshaw rolling 60 stat line. And he also got some sweet, sweet revenge on Zaza Pachulia. Oh, oh boy. Oh, Zaza. You see what you did, Zaza? And, and, and Russ did it. Russ did it the perfect way too. Cause this started like two years ago. Like when you, when you're plotting your revenge on your enemy, you, you, you don't do something right away. You let it marinate. You let it simmer. Let it boil over time. And then when you're good and ready and that person has completely forgot about what they did to you, that's when you attack. And Russell Westbrook got his revenge in the sweetest way. That was a risky game, though, that Russ was playing with waiting to get his revenge because you're taking the chance on a 2017 Zaza Pachulia, you're taking the chance that he's going to be in the league. <laughs> so, so like, every team is an enforcer, though. So, I mean, he's not that not bad. Gonna, this dude's not going to be in the league in two years. I better get my revenge now. Look, look. Cristiano Felicio still has a roster spot on the Bulls. Anything is possible. Okay? What's his, Any- what's his podcast name? What's his Stay Out's podcast name? I don't even... I forgot. Felici Dottis? What? Gooby. Oh, I forgot about the Goober. Okay, I'm sorry. Gooby still has a contract with the Bulls. The Goober is still in the league. Zaza has every right to be in the league still. He's not on Golden State anymore. He's in the Motor City riding high until he got smacked around. Old Gooby Felicio with his propeller hat. Still in the league. (laughs) I'm a big kid now. (laughs) I could just see him. All the guys are going out to dinner 
after the games, and he's just going to go home and kick back and eat him a nice kid cuisine. He's gonna have a, a, a TV dinner. He's had a kid That's, cuisine. He's he just he can't stop laughing at the penguin. <laughs> that's what that's what he that's what he does when he has a good game. Imagine when he has a bad game or when he doesn't even check in. <laughs> he treats himself to a TV dinner. Mm-mm. Ah, loneliness meals. <laughs> But Russ, uh, that was an impressive stat line. The 2020 hasn't been done, I think, since Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, impressive yeah. stat line. Yeah, props to him, man. That 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 in all seriousness, that was impressive. And to say that you're going to do it before you do it to give like your 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 respect to Nipsey Hussle, who uh, recently passed, then you go out and do it. I mean, if I had to take a guess and say who in the NBA can do something like that after they proclaim they're going to do it, my guess would be Russell Westbrook. Maybe Giannis, but the assist might have been hard for Giannis because you don't have players who really do a whole lot on their team. You know, then you got some shooters on the team, but that's the hardest part of that triple-double. You know, when you say you're going to get 20 assists, now you're relying on your teammates to make sure that they're making the shots or if they don't pass up maybe good open looks or, you know, the shot after you pass it to them. So that, that is the really, that that's the big question mark in that whole 2020 deal. But uh, shout out to Russell Westbrook, man. That dude is just a beast. And also shout out to him averaging a triple double for the third season in a row. Yeah. Props to Russell Westbrook for doing what he's done statistically. Uh, the 2020 the averaging a triple double for three straight years. And I agree. If anybody was going to do it, it's Russ, but I don't agree for the same reasons. Russell Westbrook is probably the biggest stat chaser in the history of the NBA. And his stats also make his, make his analytic numbers look good. Basically he's found the glitch and making your numbers look good. And he's attacked it. Now, this is not to say for any of you Russ, Russell Westbrook fans, I'm also okay. a slight fan. This is not to say the man's not a good basketball player. He is far and away an excellent basketball player. But I think his, his statistical focus kind of takes away from the ultimate goal of, of a team. So, you know, one day you're going to talk about his numbers. But you're also going to talk about the fact that his numbers didn't equate to championships. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will say that that is true. I mean, they, oh boy, it, it's rough just talking about it because you just imagine what OKC could have been when they still had KD, Ibaka, James Harden. I mean, those that that is a juggernaut. I, need, I will go out to even say that that's an even better team than the Golden State team before KD was on it. Now, with KD on the Golden State team, you don't think so? Too many stat chasers. So you got Harden and Westbrook. Harden Mm -hmm. is only good when he can isolate for at least 15 seconds, as is Russell Westbrook, who who has has that Rondo mentality where he dribbles, dribbles, dribbles until a clear assist lane opens up, and then he gets the assist. Or Steven Adams, who is a supreme player, uh, very underrated, and the fact that he boxes out so well for Russell Westbrook to grab the rebound uh, is allowing him to get rebounds. And he's actually having the best, worst shooting season of anybody in history. He's shooting under 40%, I, w- I believe, unless, unless he had hit a hot streak at some point. He's been under 40% for a good part of the year. So, again, Russ is good. And the fact that he can, you know, on command go out and get 20-20-20 for his friend uh, who, who was murdered, Nipsey Hussle. Uh, he's from that area, that Crenshaw area, and that, that stood for the neighborhood they were from. But, you know, he wore the whole uh, outfit, the garb, to, to represent where he was from. So, a lot of pride and, and, and celebration of the life of his friend. So, shout out to Russ for that. You know, Nipsey Hussle did a lot for their community out there. He was trying to 
uh, do a lot in, in different fields. He has some irons and a lot of fires trying to do some positive things in the world. So, you know, it's, it's a good friend to have. But Russ on command doing that is great. But he's still a bit of a stat chaser. Not a bit. He's a stat chaser. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the stat chasing. I mean, I'm not going to be oblivious to that. I do know that that's obviously what he does. Um, and his teammates do a good job of helping him with that, like you mentioned with Steven Adams. Very underrated. I do agree with that. Um, being the biggest stat chaser ever, I don't know about that, man. I think Ricky Davis is still up there for me, or at least that one game. I, I just can't get past that fool. To uh, but, one uh, game as opposed to 250. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, you know, the, the, the talent, it, again, it goes back to – just the superior talent Russell Westbrook has. He was debating, they, people were debating when Derrick Rose was healthy, whether or not they were, you know, 1A, 1B is the most athletic point guards ever to play the game. And, you know, with that in mind, I think that Russell could have done that had he not gotten the help of, you know, a lot of his teammates. Uh, you think about the first year he got his triple-double average. I mean, he didn't necessarily have the greatest teammates in the world. That was before Paul. I think that was that was after KD left. Was that after KD left? Did he start getting triple doubles? Yeah, I think he the first year he averaged after KD. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like he was by himself on an island and he still was doing what he was doing. To me, that's impressive. I, I do agree. He does set himself up nicely. He's found the the, the cheat code to how you get a triple double, you know, but to me, it's impressive still. Cause he didn't, he doesn't, he doesn't just get a triple, he doesn't get the Jason kid special. He goes out and gets an, a, a, what I call a real triple double. You know, he doesn't average 11, 10 and 10. That man averages 20, 10 and 11, you know, like that, that isn't impressive to me. No, he doesn't get the, he doesn't get the Joe Kim Noah triple doubles. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Joe King no triple doubles that people were raving about. That being said, though, uh, we covered the NBA pretty well. It's not a whole lot going on. Uh, the final four is upon us as we speak. We're recording right before it's, it's tipping off. And yeah. there is no Zion. There is the star powers going with Zion and Duke and UNC and the and the the majors, the, the blue blood schools aren't there you know for everyone to watch so you got michigan state with the fiery tom izzo the new age bobby knight uh, with cassius winston who yeah raymond felton 2.0 and oh wow wow. (laughs) rodney's gonna love that Hey Rod, look out for Cassius Winston, baby. That's your new Raymond Felton. Um, you got <laughs> Jared Culver and Texas Tech, right? Right. There's a lot of people picking him to go pretty high. Let's see what where, where that goes. You got finally the University of Virginia, right? Right. Yeah. And you got Auburn with uh. The oft-despised Bruce Pearl, especially in these parts. Yeah, yeah, good old Bruce. So God. We'll see where that goes. I think Virginia is an interesting story because they were the first. It'd be interesting to see the first one seed to get bumped by a 16 and win it all the very next year. Yeah, uh, I... You know, I, since we're talking about the Final Four, I do have to give a shout out to uh, Rob and uh, Rod and uh, Ian again. Uh, they they brought up this topic of whether or not March Madness is relevant because of Duke, and in in particular because of Zion Williamson. And I had to ask myself, and I, I said it in a sense of, you know, I'm gonna still watch the Final Four. I'm gonna still watch it. Um, it it, it isn't the same, but to be quite honest with you, I may, I, I don't know. I'm debating on whether or not I'm going to actually have pop on the TV and watch Final Four today. I, I think I'm going to go and do, uh, watch, play some basketball or something, man. I, it, it isn't as impactful as it would be if 
Zion, we're here right now. We're in the Final Four. You know, I didn't realize it was that big of a difference, to me at least, in, in my interest. Because I've always watched the March Madness. You know, I, I do check out the games every year. But when you have a superior talent of this level, and you know he's going to be elite, you know, at the next level, when he's not playing, it's it's a huge drop-off. It's a more significant drop-off more than I thought. I think where Zion and Duke came into play was this. What's, what holds people's interest more than star power? Good team play? <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> well, who believes that? Money, money, money. Yes. What drives Madness and the NCAA tournament is money. Well, before Zion and well after Zion, people will gamble and bet on March Madness and continue to uh, be less productive as studies show on their jobs because of the NCAA tournament, especially that first Thursday and Friday. So that's what moves it. I think where the star power comes in is when everyone has set their bracket on fire because a one seed has fallen or... or uh, a sleeper four seed that everybody had falls. I think what drives that that is wanting to see that star power despite the fact the team is out. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, that that makes sense. Yeah. So that that's where, you know, where the star power kicks in. But a, a good topic for discussion. And and but I, I side on the fact that gambling and money and people's brackets play a bigger part than any particular basketball player. Yeah, that that makes sense. I didn't really factor that side of it in. That's true. That people are still going to be invested into it because their money is invested into it, and you know who they win. I actually heard on the radio not too long ago that uh, some guy picked Virginia. No, I'm sorry, Texas Tech to go all of the way. And it was like 300 to 1 odds. And right now, if he his ticket, if he sells it, he'll make $65,000. But if they go all the way, he'll make $300,000. Uh, and I was they, they asked the question, said, if you were him, would you sell your ticket now or would you chance on Texas Tech winning the whole thing? And I was like, man, 65G sounds good right about now. I no. don't care. I, I do the Yahoo ones where you like put your bracket up against 11 million people who are trying oh, yeah, to do that. Bracket. Yeah. And I think it's rigged, man, because I, I'm looking at it, right? And there's a ton of people who have this exact final four. And I'm like, who except an Auburn graduate or a Texas Tech graduate had either one of those teams? In the final. Yeah, I, I, I find it very hard to believe. Of course, it's rigged. You know what kind of crazy world we live in. You know that mess. They 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 probably hacked some system, and and uh got into the mainframe of somewhere and and changed their picks or somebody authorized it. Uh, some backdoor stuff. I, I believe that too. Ain't no way anybody in the world should have a perfect bracket by now. Like. If you didn't think Duke wasn't going to get this far, or if you thought, like you said, Texas Tech and Auburn, please, that's that that is not that that couldn't have been, couldn't have been. So, I don't believe. So these people don't have a perfect bracket, but the way their brackets played out, they do have some misses. But basically, they got the final four on point. Now, one of my brackets, oh, I had Michigan State in the final four. And I had, I believe, Virginia in the Final Four. So I had two of them. But I had Michigan winning the whole thing in that bracket. So that thing's already shot, no matter what happens. Yeah, I only have Virginia in that four bracket. I had Duke and Virginia in the title game, Duke winning 69-60. to 60. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much shot for me. Virginia hopefully makes it all the way, uh, which I do think will happen. Uh, I'm hoping to see a Virginia-Michigan State game. I think that'll be the most exciting. Uh, when, like you said, you got you got those boys at, 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 in Spartanland that are just doing their thing. I like Cassius Winston. Um, I think he is a very smart point guard. 
he he knows how to attack and and a defense very he can pick you apart uh I, I like that high IQ and then uh you you got uh Virginia and uh guy and those boys I really like their team as well so hopefully uh that'll be the championship uh game okay I don't think it'll be exciting as exciting as you do I'm thinking Virginia and Michigan State that'll be in the 60s Ugh. so <laughs> As we move on from talking about March Madness, the Stay Oz podcast has some March Madness. Well, it's it's April. We have some April Madness of our own. <laughs> some fool's madness. So the Stay Oz podcast has come up with a bracket for the consumption of you, the Stay Oz listener. That's right. And this bracket is the most disappointing Chicago athlete. Now, as a disclaimer to this bracket, if there are any friends and family of these athletes or the athletes themselves, this is not saying that the career of these athletes are worthless. All it is saying (laughs) is, in some cases, worthless. But all we're saying is that they didn't quite live up to the expectations that the average sports or Chicago fan had for these individuals. All the same. So... Don't take this completely to heart. It, it is what it is. So we yeah. have four. We have four regions. We have the Bulls region. We have the baseball region, which is Cubs and Sox. Um, we will not divide the house. We'll group all the baseball together, and we'll let you, the fan, decide that the Cubs have more disappointing players. Then <laughs> I was waiting for it. I knew it was coming. I just want you all to know, Chris is the maker of this bracket in particular. He out of all out of what is it, fifth, sixteen? It's like fifteen Cubs players on here. <laughs> no, it's not. But it is more. It's, it's out of sixteen. It's like it's like nine to seven. It's not overwhelming. <laughs> It's it's no We'll just say that. Of course. What you're counting is this. So within the the baseball within the baseball region, there are two players who play for both franchises. Actually, three. Didn't Javi Vasquez? I'm giving one away. Javi Vasquez. Didn't he play for the Cubs for a minute? No. Mm, No. 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 Okay. So there's two players who play for both franchises. The time period that I'm counting as disappointing is when they played for the Sox. So we'll yeah. eventually reveal those two players, but clearly, clearly the more disappointing of their two tenures in this city were their White Sox tenures. So that's what I'm counting. Okay? Yeah, so the first, yeah. region, first region is the Bulls. Second is baseball, consisting of Cubs and Sox. The third region is the Bears, and the fourth region is something that we thought of that was pretty interesting. Uh, shout out to Johnny Franklin down south in Georgia, if you're listening. Uh, he came yes, up with sir. some names, and made me it made me just open this whole thing up and, and think. Homegrown talent. So these are guys who are actually from Chicago, and we had high hopes for the Chicagoland area. In this instance, I'm going to encompass the Chicagoland area. I'm usually pretty specific about that. But I'm going to encompass the whole thing. This is people from the Chicagoland area that we had high, high hopes for, and they just didn't meet those expectations. Some of them were fairly successful, but they didn't meet the expectations we had as a city for them. Now, we have um, 16 teams or 16 spots for each of these regions, so it's a 64-team bracket, but there are two play-in brackets that we will vote on very shortly. Now, first, though, we're going to get into some of the people that missed the cut in our bracket that uh, some of our listeners and fans uh, put out there. Okay, so we got Dickie Simpkins for the Bulls. Oh, God. That was on there. James Johnson, Cornell David, Khalid El-Amin, Brian Scalabrini. Now, I will say this. I want the, the fans and listeners to understand this. Disappointing means there were relatively decent expectations for these people. We do not yeah. expect people to be trash 
and they ended up being trash. Some of these people just were trash and ended up trash. So I wasn't disappointed at all. And neither were you. But we did honor them and, and enter them into the equation. So those are some of the names on the bull side. On the Bears, some guys that didn't make the cut. Chris Williams. Remember Chris Williams, the old offensive lineman with two short arms? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Thought he was going to be good, yep. Yeah, Michael Haynes, who got drafted uh, the same year as another guy who actually made the bracket. And Trail Roll, remember him? Yo, absolutely. Yeah, I liked him when he came out of Miami. I definitely remember Antrell not too long ago, too. Yeah, not too long ago. And he was very fiery. He was often on the radio talking about yep. his play. But he just he just never got his head above water here with the Bears. And the ever-present and disappointment, Chris Conti, is also on that list. <laughs> For yeah. baseball, some people who missed the cut is uh, Joe Borchard, an old White wow. Sox prospect who used to hit like 500-foot home runs in the minor leagues. And then when he got to the major leagues, he couldn't hit a baseball. He was one of those 4A guys, you know, really dominating AAA, but never good enough for the, for the bigs. Yeah. Also, Sammy Sosa made the list, as well as Alex Gonzalez made the list. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you remember the Alex Gonzalez years? Yes, I remember the Alex Gonzalez years, and I remember the Alex Gonzalez play. What's the Alex Gonzalez play? Uh, versus the Marlins, dropped the ball that would have oh, thrown the guy yeah. out. No, I honestly forgot. Because yeah. this play was right after the Bartman, right? So yep. Bartman and Alex Gonzalez. And they oh blamed. yeah, that all that all that was the trickle down effect. Hell yeah, absolutely. They blame Steve. <laughs> <laughs> For did I pass? Did I mention the Bears? Yeah, I mentioned I had, the Bears. For our homegrown yeah. talent, our homegrown talent, some people who missed the cut: Julian Wright. Yeah, from Kansas. Um, yep, I remember him. I don't think he's on the list, right? No Julian, right? Uh, no, I don't see no. him here. And also, somebody voted Donovan McNabb. I didn't necessarily agree with that. Donovan McNabb was an all-pro quarterback who... Yeah, that's definitely not disappointing. Regularly in the in the conference championship game. Even got to a Super Bowl. And performed yeah. fairly well. He just had that... The, when when uh, Terrell Owens just told everybody he threw up in the huddle, but... He performed pretty well in that Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's what we got in front of us. Uh, we're going to put this out to our listeners and fans and, and chats and on the social media and, and see what we get. So over the course of maybe the next couple shows, we'll get our results and we will crown the most disappointing Chicago athlete. So look for and listen for that on our social media outlets, Twitter, as well as Instagram and uh, whoever's and chats with uh, Jordan or myself. Yes, but sir. For now, Jordan and I will make our choices on the two play-in matchups to be the 16th seed in both their regions. So for the Bears region, we have a 16-17, uh, basically. We have a play-in matchup for the 16th seed in the Bears region. And for the baseball region, we have a matchup uh, to be the 16th seed. All right. Yeah. So which one do you want to go first? Uh, we can do the Bears. Let's do the Bears. To me, so, honestly, in both of these, I'll be honest with you, it isn't it isn't a, a, a really a hard debate. So I'll see what you got to say about it. But it's not hard for me who to pick. <laughs> me either, actually. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So the Bears are probably a little more difficult. But let's see. So for the Bears, we have for the 16th seed. This is all we're putting on the airwaves right now. We got to build suspense. Yeah. So for the 16th seed, we got Jonathan, Mike Martz's favorite backup, Quinn. <laughs> and we got Jaron. Look at me jump 
out of a swimming pool, Gilbert. <laughs> oh, that that wowed me for some reason when that happened. I was like, man, Damn, we got to get everybody. Guy. He his agent was like, you know, his agent was like, I haven't seen anybody jump out of a pool. Let's put that on video. <laughs> like there's going to be pools on the football field. Like that actually is going to equate to a, a, a great football player. Oh, boy. Everybody comes up with a gimmick. You remember Kyle Bowler? He was the first one to throw a football off his knees through the uprights. No, what? So Kyle Bowler was the quarterback at Cal before Aaron Rodgers, right? So he came into the league. Was he before or after? I think it was before. So when he was drafted, I think, first round by the Ravens, and what wowed everybody, because he had a big arm, he stood on his knees at the 50-yard line, threw a football through the uprights. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But he wasn't too good at quarterbacking. <laughs> so you can do that, but that doesn't really mean anything when it comes to the game of football in your position. Yeah. Yeah. We need you to throw to receivers. <laughs> Dude, I, now that I'm thinking about it, side, the side note I wanted to mention is ever since that Gilbert uh, I, I got wild by Gilbert. I kind of was like, all right, never again. So when Tariq Cohen did his video of him flipping upside down and catching two ball, balls in midair, I'm going to be honest. I thought he was going to get his head knocked in. I'm like, this dude is too small. He's just doing his gimmick thing, and he's going to be out of the league in a year. So I'm thankful that uh, that didn't that didn't come to fruition. But I, I, I was thinking the same thing when Tariq put that on film. I missed that video. Oh wow! Should, yeah, was, he should was, do it in a regular season game. <laughs> in the middle of the yeah, Mitch Trubisky should have two footballs. Then we'll really win. My favorite, uh, my favorite video of a prospect is all of the tape that Saquon Barkley had. Oh my goodness! Where he plays football and he's better than everybody. That's my favorite film. <laughs> He said, "Wait, he plays he play football. He's better than everybody. That's the kind of tape I like. <laughs> he leaves no suspense whatsoever. Just, just an elite talent doing what he's supposed to do. Look at that running back breaking tackles and beating everybody on the field. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the kind of tape you want to see. But uh, Back to yeah." The- this- <laughs> So who do you got between Jonathan Quinn and Jaron Gilbert? Okay, so I said to me it's not even a, a it, it's not a, a a hard choice or hard decision because to me Jonathan Quinn he's a backup. Like to me backups aren't supposed to be disappointing. They're supposed to just get you through. Kind of like Chase Daniel. Like to me if Chase Daniel had a bad game, I would be like, "Oh, okay, he's a backup." Okay, that that happens. He's not supposed to set the world on fire. But when you got a prospect that you are wowed by because he can jump out of the pool at his his girth and 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 look like a, a grasshopper and you get him because oh, is that supposed to translate to how amazing he's supposed to be on on the line or what is that 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 equates to leg strength or his his push to, to, to drive the, the defender back uh, to get to the court? I don't know. What does that mean? So Jaron Gilbert or Jaron Gilbert, however you say his name, Trash Gilbert was completely overrated. Fooled me because I was all into that. And uh, that to me is the number 16 pick. Mm. So here's my thing with Jonathan Quinn. And I'm not saying who I'm picking just yet. Do you remember that Jonathan Quinn game? No, I don't even, I don't, I didn't know there was a Jonathan Quinn game. Oh, oh dude. So, you know how you just said you don't expect, you just expect the backup to come in and just hold the fort while the, yeah. while the starter is down. Yeah. Jonathan Quinn, it wasn't an NFL football player. Jay Cutler got hurt against the Carolina Panthers. And no, he got hurt. And then Jonathan Quinn started against the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Worst quarterback game in history. Jonathan Quinn, I think he went like three for 15. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, dude. 
Okay, I think I'm viv- I think I'm vaguely remembering that game. Now that you mentioned like the three for fifteen, I think I do remember that. Because Jimmy Clausen was on the other on the Panthers side right before oh. the year before um Cam. So Jimmy Clausen yeah. was on the Panthers side. And the only reason that people kind of like, oh, Jimmy Clausen's not doing half bad is because Jonathan Quinn was so terrible that Jimmy Clausen's <laughs> bad didn't look that bad. Yeah, that's kind of horrible. And Jimmy Claus is another guy, by the way. If if, if if I know we're doing Chicago athletes and Chicago teams, but that guy is up there just period for me for disappointing athlete. You remember him coming out of high school as being a a, a can't miss quarterback prospect? Interestingly enough, someone on in our bracket, there is a Jimmy Clausen connection. Okay. Well, well, well. Guess we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. So, I do think that Jonathan Quinn was terrible, but it wasn't as disappointing as the hype that we got from Jaron Gilbert for nothing to happen. So, Jaron Gilbert is the winner of our 16th seed in our Bears bracket. Yeah, good old sea legs. God. (laughs) He's got sea legs? Yar. (laughs) Yar. God, fooled me, boy. I can't believe that. I was so excited, but whatever. Anyway. Like, have you seen this dude jump out of the pool? Man, look at this. Would somebody come look at this? Man. The, 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 the peak of his career before it even started. <laughs> he peaked. He peaked at 21. <laughs> he peaked at the at, at a video for the combine or for the draft and, and 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 quickly fell off after that. God, sounds like my life. I peaked at twenty one. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I'm like, it's never gonna be better than this. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. So our our other play in. So we got that. We got Jaron Gilbert. Our other plan is the house divided. James oh, yeah. Shields and Kerry Wood. What say you, Cub fan? Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This isn't that difficult to me. Um, and if this is not with any bias at all, like I'm, I'm letting you know that right now. Kerry Wood had one of the best baseball, memorable uh, baseball games ever in the 20K Versus Houston, you know, they weren't a walkover at all. He was striking out the likes of Biggio and, you know, Bagwell and all those guys from of old. I don't think Kerry Wood is a disappointing Chicago athlete whatsoever. So I have to go with James Shields because when James Shields got to the White Sox, he started just falling off completely. I think a year before the White Sox got him, he was already doing bad. I think that was when he was with the Padres, I believe, because I think the Cubs were in the market to try and get him as well before he signed with San Diego. And then San Diego got him, and he still, he didn't do what he did, you know, years before. He didn't play like big game James. So when he got to the Sox, it was almost like he didn't, he'd have had nothing left in the tank. He's been sometimey all over the place, um, not reliable, so I'm gonna have to go with the James Shields, the White Sox version. Well, that's all we're counting. Um, some of <laughs> preface by saying this: you, we can't minimize how big of a prospect Kerry Wood was. Kerry Wood, even coming into the majors, was supposed to be the next Nolan Ryan. Like when he had the 20 strikeout game. Not to say it was expected, but it was within the realm of believability because of who he was supposed to be. He was supposed to have this, this high 90s fastball with the, the murderous breaking pitch. He was, he was a major prospect. And for his career to end the way it did, it's, it was a bit disappointing. But I will side with you. I will go with James Shields. Oh, my and God. What, I'm about to have a heart attack. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what sent this over for me was a couple of things. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think Rick Hahn had taken over at this point. But no. it's, like you, it's like you said. James Shields went to the Padres, got the big money with the Padres, and started to fall off. 
the Padres have literally the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in baseball. Yeah. And he was terrible. And so you thought you were going to bring him to whatever they were calling Comiskey Park then, which was very hitter-friendly, and that he was going to fall out. Mm. My original thought on James Shields was he was just brought here for the tank to to shoot innings, which <laughs> is totally right. No, but just you need an innings eater. Every every pitching staff needs an innings eater. A guy who's yeah. uh, you know, even though he's giving up seven runs in his seven innings. So I was I was okay with James Shields. I was like, eh, eh. until I saw what the White Sox traded to get James Shields. Do you know who the White Sox traded to get James Shields? Uh, no, I don't remember. Who? who? Who is currently the number one prospect in San Diego? And maybe a top three prospect in baseball. Are you kidding me? They traded Tatis? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, straight up? Tati- Actually, it was Tatis and somebody else. No, see, no, 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 that's bad. Just like, just like the Cubs giving up Eloy, I don't. That that that's bad. That is bad. Wow, I don't. I don't remember that. I that that's definitely going to come back to bite him in the butt. Oh, big game, James. Yeah, big lame James. That ain't that. He ain't been a big game uh, pitcher since uh, what was it? His Dodger years. Or was it Royals? No, Royals. I'm no, sorry. Royals years. Yeah, it was Rays, Royals, and Padres, right? Yeah, Rays, Royals, oh. Padres. But he was at his best when uh, it was Kansas City. All right. So James Shields slides into the 16th slot, and our 64-man bracket is set. 64 guys representing <laughs> going up for the most disappointing Chicago athletes again. It's not that your lives are disappointing. It's just we had higher expectations for your careers. May the biggest disappointment win. And we look forward to it over the next couple of weeks here on the legendary Stayas podcast. It is now time for the Grub Report. Oh, yeah. Do you have something, Jordan? Well, I do have a spot. It is in Logan Square. Uh, As everybody should know by now, I am officially a Mexican. I I don't think that's a secret anymore. So no matter where I go. What'd you say? (laughs) I'm well on my way there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't don't proclaim to be a specific race anymore like but but i i think i'm turning into a hispanic brother because i can't get enough of tacos i don't know what it is but i cannot get enough of tacos and everywhere i go if i just happen to see a hole in the raw joint uh uh it could be coke coolers it could be anything that a mainstream taco place I have to stop in there. I have to try their steak tacos with cilantro, onions, and cheese and try their version of their horchata. And sure enough, when I was in Logan Square last week, uh, there's a place called Taco King. And it is very, very good. Here's here's the, the, the real reason why I try everybody's tacos. Is because some restaurants, they season their, their taco meat very well, and some restaurants leave the seasoning off, and they, 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 they expect the seasoning to come from the cheese and the, the other ingredients you put in the taco. No, 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 no. You must put some seasoning on the meat, and this is exactly what Taco King did. I got three steak tacos. Like I said, cilantro, onions, mozzarella cheese, put a little salsa verde on there, a little green sauce, douse it in that, drench it, if you will. And then their horchata, it was okay, their horchata, I I have to say, I like an horchata that is kind of light on the thickness. Uh, Some some versions of horchata I've had are kind of thicker than others. I like a more consistent horchata. Uh, kind of like with the consistency of how uh, milk uh, uh, tastes, but 
Yeah, it's, it, 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 it was good, nonetheless. So if you're in the Logan Square area, look up a, a place called Taco King. You will not be disappointed. It is a hole in the wall. I went in there. There was this one old guy sitting down eating a meal, and there were two ladies in the back taking orders and cooking, and it was it was extremely good. Taco King. It's a literal hole in the wall. Oh, absolutely. Like, you have to just squeeze through there. <laughs> Jordan stuck his face in the hole, and there was an old guy sitting there. Can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Taco that, King. The, yes. Sounds delish. Don't know yeah. what I'm in Logan Square, but I'll I'll look out for that. Yeah. I don't need to tell people too much. Um just gonna send a plug out there for, about the Albanese factory in Maryville. Took the family there last week while the kids were on break. Great place to be. Tons and tons of candy uh, in case you want to give someone else's kids a sugar rush and send them home. But that aside, that's like my place A. I'm really going to hone in here. There's a place in the Hammond, Indiana area. Uh, If you stay up and down Indianapolis going through Indiana, you can come across some pretty cool things because it takes you through Hammond, and to Highland and to Cherville um, and, and on into Merrillville. And you'll come across tons of restaurants. So stay on Indianapolis. This place is called the Street Shack. Not to be confused with the Shake Shack, which is also delicious, but extremely expensive. Oh my Street God. Shack. Stupid expensive. But yes, go ahead. Stupid expensive. Street Shack is. A little neighborhood spot. They look like they're trying to grow, but they've taken the neighborhood spot concept and made it kind of big. They could be franchised for all I know, but they've really they've really put something into the neighborhood spot. Very clean yeah. restaurant. Um, they don't have a, a large clientele just yet, as they just opened probably in the last nine months. So they don't have a, a, a big contingent of people in there yet. Uh, the most people I've seen in there when I've gone in there is like seven. Um, but okay. it's a nice place, clean place. They make good food. They have tons of specials, tons of specials. Uh, so you can go in there and catch catch those. Um, what I've had was their fries are great. They use a the crinkle cut fries. They seem like they put just the right amount of salt on there. And I've gone and gotten the chicken pita from there. And they have an original sauce. It's called the uh, shack sauce. And that sauce, it has like a, a sweet tanginess to it. It's almost like Mac sauce with a little ketchup and barbecue sauce. I'm not saying that's how they make it. I don't know how, but that's kind of what it tasted like. Good tang to it, good flavor. And I had them put that on there because they usually put the, the tzatziki sauce on there, the cucumber. Yes, I love that. Sauce. I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, so I, I I need I need that replaced. I need because I don't really like cucumbers. So what? I need that. I, no, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm an I'm an odd duck man. So <laughs> a little bit about <laughs> I, me I, is, Are you a goober as well? I, I am not gooby. You're um, not a gooby. Okay, I'm not a gooby. So I have I like pickles. <laughs> I do not like cucumbers. Okay, because cucumbers right. taste better pickles. Yeah, they do. But cucumbers are very good when you add them to something. I mean, not maybe not by themselves unless you put a little ranch dip on it. But, hey, whatever floats your boat, brother. Well, moving on. Check out Shake Shack. It's right off the right off the expressway when you get off on Indianapolis Boulevard. You said Shake Shack. Not I did. Street Shack. Street <laughs> Shack. You can go to Shake Shack if you want. It won't be on Indianapolis. You can yeah. go. Um, but you're probably gonna have to borrow money. <laughs> I was just gonna say that you're gonna have to put in your whole life savings to get a burger there. Right. It's gonna be one of the most delicious burgers, fast food burgers you've ever had. But you're gonna feel <laughs> cheated because it's gonna be small and it's gonna cost a lot of money. That, <laughs> then you're gonna live on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna live on the street, and your last memory is gonna be like, "That was a great burger." So, yeah. So, <laughs> 
God. But Street Shack, pretty good food, reasonable prices, neighborhood prices for a good establishment. Street Shack, Indianapolis Boulevard, just off the expressway. And that is our grub report. Yes, sir. Eat up. Shout out to all our friends in the chats and and on Instagram and, and, and on Twitter and people who are really, really showing up and showing out for us, helping us out, putting this to bracket together. Uh, we use yes. a lot of input from people uh, off those social media outlets and in our chats. Uh, some arguments, some discussions. You know, we enjoy it. So thanks for helping us to put that together. And just stay tuned as that plays out. Um, yes, yes. To get you to follow us, we've mentioned it several times, at Stay House Podcast on Instagram, at Stay House Podcast on Twitter. Please follow us. Check out some of our content. Uh, we're back in business, so we're ramping back up again. So check us out. Follow us. Again, I've been Chris. Jordan's been here, too. I'll let y'all later. All right, y'all.